0: The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. In the Depression. It was a good message. Doesn't go as far as the scriptures do today. But it was a good message. But the two really brief questions I want you to be mulling around in your mind for a few minutes is, What do you fear? And maybe more importantly, why? Why? It's amazing that the most constant message out of Jesus' lips during his time on earth was be not afraid. And yet, our world is more fearful and more afraid than it has ever been. And unfortunately, it's with people who have faith and people who don't. Scared. Scared. Now, I guess there's a couple different kinds of fear. There can be the kind of fear that when mom said, you wait till your father gets home. Well, maybe that's a good thing. Except mom shouldn't have to be saying it. But the kind of fear that we're really talking about today in Matthew's 10th chapter of this gospel is the kind of fear that paralyzes us that prevents us from doing what is right. And so the question becomes, why? Why? I remember when about 20 some years ago, 25 years ago maybe now, when my dad was in intensive care for 67 days and to pay the three times and, and to look at him in bed, you didn't even recognize him. He had so many tubes plugged into him. And with all this stuff going on, and as deadly serious as his condition was, I was not afraid. My family was, but I was not afraid. Because they knew God had this, whatever the result was. God had this. And so part of it is comes down to really what's the foundation of our faith. And I think when we try to explore the why am I afraid of something, usually it's because I can't handle this, people will say. I can't do this. And God says, well, of course you can't. But I can help. But we are in such a Marlboro man and woman kind of culture... That we have to do everything ourselves and can't ask anybody for help. Nobody in St. Joe's does that, but in the other four parishes they do. Just can't ask anybody for help. I think we have to do it ourselves. People say, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I can't do this. Blah, 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 blah. And to me that betrays a fundamental posture in life. And if our fundamental posture, no matter how bad things look, are the fact that we don't do this alone and that God is with us, the fear level plummets, just plummets. But to the extent our anxieties rise and to the extent that we think we have to do it all and somebody's got to do something, uh, then we have a problem. So let's look a little bit on... This gospel, Jesus said, don't be afraid of those who can kill your body, but not your soul. But you better be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body. What is that? That's the presence of evil in our lives, but mostly the evil that we participate in and we perpetrate. Now you think, well, I'm, I go to, I'm here at church. How can I do anything like that? But it's the kind of things that make us nowadays in kind of a, a whole sense of relativism. So it's kind of like, well, whatever. Or we, somebody says something about someone else, you say, well, or they attack us, and they say, what do you think? Well, at least I'm not like the guy who lives down the road. Like God is going to grade you on the curve. You know, and so you stand in front of him someday, and he goes, well, John, you know, you're not too bad, but you're worse than the guy in front of you. It doesn't work that way doesn't work that way. And so Jesus' assurance doesn't come from this, you better wait till your father gets home. Where does his assurance come from? Aren't two sparrows sold for a small coin, honey, are worth more than a whole pile of sparrows? Even the hairs of your head are counted. For some of us, the counting doesn't take as much anymore. But what's the point? Do we believe... That God is present in our lives or not. It's as simple as that. And so, if we are wringing our hands and we are anxious about everything, then we should examine our conscience because where in all of that anxiety is our faith? Doesn't mean things won't bother us, of course not. We're human but what are the consequences? Last thing is in the last line of this gospel. Everybody who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly father. However, those who deny me before others, I will deny before my heavenly father. And you think of great saints and stuff, and we say, well, I would never deny God, kind of like Peter. But, you know, when we're in conversations and the conversation turns to faith or something and people are getting ridiculous and we keep our mouths shut, that's a denial. That's a denial. And you have all kinds of justifications. Say, well, you know, she's like this or he's like that or I wasn't going to get into that. And exactly is the thing that Christ is going to say on Sunday. Say, you know You remember you were having that conversation in the park in el Cater, And you didn't say anything and you could have? That was an opportunity I gave you. But you denied me. And unlike Peter, there won't be a cock crowing three times. We'll just hear our own hollow words. So I think in these summer days, as we look at the readings that we have this weekend, about terror. What are we afraid of? Of what, what people are going to think? So many Christians in this country, and they are mute. They're more of us than anybody. And you'd never know it. Why? We're afraid. We're afraid. And so he tells us What you hear in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim to the housetops. Over and over and over in Jesus' ministry, he says, be not afraid, be not afraid, be not afraid. So my question to you is, what are you afraid of?